0: 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Weekly Blast. Ah, yes, the Sun schedule has been released. Do you remember when that used to be a threat and not a promise? Now you look at the schedule and you see a new rival. Right there on opening night against Luka and the Mavs, a rivalry that is crackling hot at the moment, full of real venom. You see showdowns against the Warriors, a Christmas night in Denver, and then, then there's the intriguing game against the Nets on January 19th which comes four days after the window opens to trade DeAndre Ayton. Now, what could the NBA have been thinking about there? Obviously, they're thinking about Kevin Durant, and that's really the most fascinating thing underscoring the entire schedule, because schedules are just names and dates on pieces of paper, but a basketball team is a living, breathing entity, and to be honest, we don't know where the Suns are at emotionally, or how connected they're going to feel if Durant rumors follow them through the first three months of the basketball season. Either way, it's a fascinating dynamic. And while they say that basketball season effectively begins on Christmas Day, it's a bit different for the Phoenix Suns. Their season might begin on January 19th. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable with two great locations and one great experience. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com.
1: Kevin Durant to
0: Phoenix. It won't die. It won't. It, 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 it just will not die. I started thinking about this last night. Okay, uh, uh, if, if you follow DeAndre Ayton's career from day one, you, you understand the level of frustration, maybe the level of skepticism, if he's ever going to get to the ceiling. But you've also got a great body of work in the postseason, Maverick series excluded. From DeAndre Ayton, why would the Brooklyn Nets, if the Boston Celtics pull Jalen Brown off the table, and if the Brooklyn Nets are forced to trade uh, Kevin Durant, and I still believe that is going to be the outcome, why? Why in the world would they not think the Phoenix Suns package was the best? It's mind-boggling to me, given how I won't say bad, but how mediocre some of the offers have reportedly been. Yeah, but
1: I mean, you understand why the Boston offer was probably more intriguing, without a doubt. You're getting an All-Star player, right? He's a great two-way player right mm-hmm. now in Jalen Brown. Um, I don't know. And I don't know if we get to the point where that Suns package or a similar package from the Suns becomes more you know, viable for yep. the Brooklyn Nets to consider. What I'm wondering in this whole thing, and mm-hmm. I'm just about completely empty. My, my tank on the <laughs> Durant to, to Phoenix uh, uh, rumors is just about completely empty. Mm-hmm. But I can't get past the fact on the DeAndre Ayton portion of this topic that... He signed his deal. We know he wanted the deal. He wanted it last summer. He didn't get it. He got that deal. So that's done. And it doesn't matter if it's the Phoenix Suns signing a check or it's another team signing the check. The money's going to be the same. The fact that the Suns... Didn't hold any media availability for DeAndre Ayton coming back on a max contract, and they haven't done it really for anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, Monty Williams got an extension, Devin Booker got an extension. It's been a very quiet offseason for the Phoenix. It certainly run. has been. So I am wondering if the three months from opening night on October nineteenth to that January fifteenth date on the calendar where DeAndre Ayton can be traded, I wonder if that is a Trial period for DeAndre Ayton because we know he's got veto power for a year Mm -hmm. uh, on any trade. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it's all right, I'm dipping my foot in the pool to see what this is like. Can we get our chemistry back? How is this team structured? And if it doesn't work out, is he more amenable to say, you know what, go ahead and trade me. I'm not going to block
0: you. It's a great way of laying that out. And then I think about what Tim Ring reported a couple of weeks ago, that he had a source tell him that the Suns are done with DeAndre Ayton, that they didn't even want him. They had to exercise uh, due diligence and, and do business the right way by matching that offer sheet to protect an asset. But if that is the way they feel, I doubt that that feeling is going to be changed. And if you want DeAndre Ayton to accept to trade if that is the end game then then i do you make them uncomfortable do you make them feel like dude you really need to be elsewhere that's this is what's so fascinating to me is how all of this is going to play out on a basketball court because whatever as great as that culture was it was broken by yeah. the end of the basketball
1: season if, if that is true what you put out there from tim ring is true that's a really really dangerous tightrope to try to walk and it could be disastrous. It's the
0: same it, th- it could sink your whole season. It's the same thing as the nets hoping or expecting Kevin Durant to walk back in to training camp as if nothing has happened. I completely agree with you. Uh and so how how money Williams, Chris Paul, Devin Booker spins all this thing together. Once again if, if D-Book and Chris Paul still are clinging to the Kevin Durant Scenario, then it's, it's going to affect the way they act everybody else because they know that the basketball team they're going to be going to the playoffs with will not be the one they're playing with mm-hmm. in in October and November. So that's going to give it a, all a very different feel. It's, it's going to be tremendously exciting. Yeah. It really will be.
1: I think the schedule is also interesting, too. I mean, we know that the Suns open up against Dallas, grudge match. You know the, the the Mavericks wrecked the season of the Suns last year, but not only that. The first three home games are played against Dallas, the team that eliminated you. The second one is against Golden State, the team that you are striving to meet in the Western Conference Finals, mm-hmm. and then the third one is against the New Orleans Pelicans, who gave you everything you could handle in the first round and are adding Zion Williamson. Yeah, to oh yeah, that, guy's that guy. That too. guy too. Right. Although also, he's he's in the Anthony Davis category for me. Yeah, I agree. When he's <laughs> yeah, fully we'll, healthy,
2: I'll believe it when I see it. You'll see him on the floor when... <laughs> The other thing that just keeps rattling around my head is that they've gone now through the entire off season, not upgrading anything. No. After after the way last season ended, they have done nothing, in my opinion, to make the team better. <laughs>
0: Yeah, listen, I I certainly, I mean, you can't argue with it. You really can. I mean, the return of Dario Saric, I think, will be a positive, but I don't think it's a a game changer. I think the additional pieces they've they've added, the bit players they've added, uh, they're all interesting. I think they're, but, but I think you're right. In terms of actually thrusting this team someplace better, that hasn't happened yet. I agree with you.
2: Whether it was getting, like, the big bruising, you know, power forward or getting the back of point guard mm-hmm. or the uh, off the bench scorer just, just like things that we Chet thought like, like okay they got exposed Larry this is, Walker
0: Luke Skywalker <laughs> <laughs> sorry Jared I, I didn't mean to derail no you. that's fair I've, done it, enough. Of coherence. I've, I've, <laughs> I've done it enough to you
2: guys in my career do you remember what you were going to say no it's <laughs> oh, time to break <laughs> I
1: won't be able to sleep tonight if I don't hear <laughs> that your, that what, what, I Jared, I what are we going to say
2: I, no 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 that was pretty much the point is that they had like three areas of need yeah. that we said like this is Guy what they can Walker. improve on. You. <laughs> <laughs> Set me up.
0: Can't, can't believe say, you fell say, for that how did you fall for that
1: yeah. right. hey you got something on your shirt Jared <laughs> well, I love that <laughs> <laughs> takes your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now coming up next we'll talk some Cardinals football maybe some NBA Dave Pass the voice of the Cardinals ESPN broadcaster he joins us next on Bickley and Murata mornings 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.
3: Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and kona Brewing. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022.
1: Cardinals getting ready for their second preseason game. It'll be Sunday evening at State Farm Stadium against the Baltimore Ravens, who bring their gaudy 21-game preseason winning yeah. streak to town. Here to talk Cardinals uh, with us, the voice of the Cardinals on the uh, Cardinals Radio
3: Network, Dave Pash, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Dave, how are you today? I'm doing well, guys. just uh, had my uh, had our seminar for espN college football yesterday. This is always like the time of year where i ch- it's it's what I call the what do I do with myself time of year because as you guys know, I'm either completely on going a hundred miles an hour or I'm off sitting around at home listening to the radio station all day so it's- it's kind of nice. So I'm like in between. I'm, I'm in between where there's obviously you know the Cardinals preseason games, but I don't have much else going on, so yeah. I don't know what to do with myself. So we, yeah. we we got your undivided attention for like two and a half,
1: three more weeks is what you're saying.
3: <laughs> that's it, That's right. Yes, correct.
1: <laughs> um, one of the things that we talked about a lot on on Monday, coming out of that preseason win over the Bengals, Dave, and you know it, it, it's hard to gauge a lot because of uh, who was on the field, who wasn't on the field for the Cardinals, but the smoothness of the opera. And a preseason opener They played such a clean game Everything was clicking How important do you think that is to, To set that tone moving
3: forward? Well, I'll answer that by saying the last time I felt that way was uh, the Steve Wilkes year. <laughs> um, <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> yes, I remember that. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but, uh, no, I, I I think it does give you an indication of the importance of keeping a staff together, continuity within the coaching staff. And I also think it tells you a lot of the confidence that Cliff now has in himself and kind of where he is as an NFL head coach. I think that's one of the reasons why the extension was wise uh, for Cliff and for Steve. So, And, you know, we saw this last year. I mean, Cliff is so used to this. They don't have preseason games in college, obviously, so, you know, he's used to practice and everything that happens you know in August directed towards game one and so it's almost like these preseason games are, are an interruption of that process but I, I it is encouraging I, I do feel good about this team and and I again I, I feel like when you have that kind of clean game it, it tells you that you've got a mature group of players and a, and a coaching staff that knows what it's doing
0: yeah and, and I agree with you about the comfort level from Cliff. I think that uh, I, I think that in some ways the the idea that this was so unconventional and that a, a guy could fail up into one of these thirty two most coveted jobs, I, I think it's kind of been it 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 might have been holding him back at times. And I think maybe we're seeing him let it loose a little bit. I, having Kyler Murray call plays, that's something different. Having defensive backs wear oven mitts, that's something different. I it, it does look like growth is happening with regard to cliff i think if you you know if you get to know cliff
3: he's just a good dude like i've always said that if you've got a problem with cliff kingsbury that's your issue like he can get along with anybody i think he's just a good guy and he's very humble and look he's not dumb he knew when he got hired and he's talked about this you know when he got hired people were going to be like Why? Why are they hiring this guy? He had a losing record in college. Now he's getting an NFL head coaching opportunity. So he played it smart. He didn't make waves. He did his thing. He relied on his other coaches to kind of help him get adjusted. And then as he started, you start to see, you know, the winning and the team getting better. And, you know, I think he's just more comfortable. And so you're, you're seeing a personality and a little bit of an edge that's always been there. It's just he's now a little bit more comfortable letting it come out. And, you know, the contrast is, you know, Urban, when Urban got the job in Jacksonville, he kind of went in there guns blazing. Players didn't like it at all. Um, and, and some of the ways he did things in college he tried to do in the NFL, and it just didn't work, and it obviously didn't last. Cliff did had the opposite approach, and that's why I think it's working.
1: Dave Pash, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line, of course the uh, voice of the Arizona Cardinals, the ESPN broadcaster, also hosts the Dave Pash podcast. Um, in terms of uh, comfort going into the season, and and Cliff is at the you know he's the the architect of all of this. How to use players in the preseason is always a slippery slope. We know Kyler Murray won't play on uh, Sunday against the Ravens. Is it your belief, Dave, that that's important at this point of his career? It's it's been such a wonky training camp for, for Kyler with everything, with the wrist and then the COVID, and
3: hasn't been out there a whole lot. Do you think he needs some preseason reps? I don't, no. I just think it's funny. It feels like this is the way most teams are handling preseason. It should have been handled this way years ago. It just—it really doesn't make a lot of sense to to put the guys out there. I I understand from a fan standpoint, I mean, you're paying for those tickets and and you want to see the star players. Uh, And I think there are guys that are starters or key backups that need to play. And it's good for guys like Ezekiel Turner, who you know are going to make the team, uh, who are special teams guys, it's good for them to get game reps at linebacker. But I, I don't feel like Kyler Murray's is going to improve any more by playing in preseason games, and you're just putting him at risk. And, you know, after last year, uh, him getting banged up, the injuries that happened, what happened in the second half of the season? I think those are all part of the formula to, to the decisions to, to why they're handling preseason the way they are.
0: Do you? How do you feel about this defense? Because you know, there's just there's so many there's so much hope that a bunch of young guys can kind of break through at the same time, and I don't know if that's really a sound strategy. Do you? How vulnerable do you think they are defensively?
3: Well, it is. It's an interesting. Dynamic where you have an offense that's relying heavily, mainly on older players. Uh, you know, James Conner at age 27 is one of the youngest guys on the offense. Think about that. Wow. You have A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins, Zach Ertz, and their offensive line, most of whom are, you know, at the tail end of their careers, uh, but still good players. You know, obviously, J.J. Watt is up there. But on defense, you're relying on guys like Zach Allen, Shard Lawrence, Isaiah Simmons, Zabin Collins, Murphy, Jalen Todd, Ta- guys who are still pretty young and it it does feel like yeah everything has to click everything has to go right but look you you draft these guys you develop these guys for this purpose so that when you know guys like chandler jones move on you you're ready you're you're good enough and that's why you know scouting and player evaluation and then developing those players is important and you know jalen thompson's a great example of that I think he's going to have a breakout year I mean, he's had a great year last year but I think the rest of the league is really going to see how good this guy is and hopefully there are other guys that are kind of in, in the same age that uh, on that defense that will do the same.
1: Dave Pash, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Before we let you go, I wanted to get your thoughts on the receiver room right now. We, we know DeAndre Hopkins is you know the best receiver in that group. He's gone for six weeks, but there's four receiver spots locked up on this roster, and you got a bunch of guys that are making impacts, like Greg Dortch. I thought Andy Isabella looked really good. How, how do you see that shaking out? How many do you think they uh, ultimately keep, Dave?
3: Some of it may depend on, you know, do they do they keep the three quarterbacks, which, uh, you know, I, I assume that's what Cliff wants. Um, and then also, you know, offensive line, you know, you're probably going to keep 10. Do you have 10 on this roster you feel good about? What do you do with corner? I mean, all those other positions do play into how many receivers you keep. And obviously without D-Hop, those first six games. The guy that I've really got my eye on, because I've had so many coaches and, and other people telling me, is AJ Green, like even listening to AJ talk about how last year he, he was just trying to get comfortable, new organization, new city. I mean, think about it. You're you're in a decade, you know, decade with Cincinnati, and you come out here. It's a new offense. And the guy is in great shape. I know it's an easy, like, camp cliche to say he's in the best shape of his life. <laughs> he looks better at age 34 than he did at age 28. But uh, I'm really intrigued by him. And if, if Zach Ertz is healthy, they're going to use Rondell Moore a lot differently, I think, this year. Uh, and then, you know, Marquise Brown, you just, to have that speed, and some of the young guys, you know, you touched on Dorch. I mean, they've got a lot of speed out there. And just the threat of speed sometimes means as much as, as you know, actually throwing the ball 60 yards downfield to a guy because
0: defenses have to account for it. Yeah.
1: Dave, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for joining us today. And now uh, get
0: home and start listening to radio, yeah. Dave. All day long, brother. Don't know, change why the you, channel. Why you still can. Right. Yeah, I know
2: a good show that you can listen to.
0: <laughs> All right, guys.
2: Thank you. Easy.
1: Dave Pash, voice of the Cardinals, ESPN broadcaster, and host of the Dave Pash Podcast. He joined us on the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, reverberation still in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers' treatment of young receivers in Green Bay has become a topic. We'll get into that. More NFL hash marks next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.
3: Pickley, Pickley and Murata Hash Marks <laughs> fortunately some of the same guys that's you know repeat mistakes are a problem so we just got to clean those things up a little bit the young guys you know they got to especially young receivers we got to be way more consistent you know a lot of a lot of drops a lot of uh you know bad route decisions run the wrong route so we gotta we gotta get better in that area but i felt like the line for the most part held up pretty good which was which was good to see
1: Aaron Rodgers, a couple days ago, talking about uh, what's going on in Green Bay Packers camp. They had some uh, joint practices going on, and they weren't going very well. He talked about mental mistakes, pre-snap penalties, and then focused on young receivers not really being up to the task right now. And two days later, there's still a reaction to all of this, and some people are debating, was Aaron Rodgers in the right to do this? Look, we can't have it both ways. When when a quarterback comes out and says, oh, everything's great, these young receivers are all going to be all pros. They're awesome. It's mm-hmm. been great to work with them. There's nothing there. When he actually answers, an a- answers a question, truthfully, people have
0: a problem with that, too. You can't have it both ways, can you? No, I, I, Listen, I think, to the contrary, I think that's leadership right there. If you've got young guys making a whole bunch of mental errors and you want to get it fixed, having the the quarterback out you is not a bad way to do it, because if you're a head coach, you might not want to be the guy to do that to a rookie. You might, whatever. So to have have a guy like Aaron Rodgers handle that for you? I I actually think that's really good. Um, in in, in looking over the Packers roster the other day, I've got a sneaking suspicion they're going to be a lot better than people think they are.
1: Yeah, they're going to win thirteen games and they're going
0: to lose in the second round second, of the playoffs. Yeah, they're <laughs> going to get a first round bye. And they're going to lose at Lambeau. Yeah, but I'm sorry, if to I'm Aaron Rodgers in the. And the who, right? I'm not
1: uh, necessarily worried about what Romeo Dubbs or uh, Amari Rogers is thinking right now, or Christian Watson. Am I hurting their feelings? No. No. Romeo Dubes. I think it's. I think that's how you pronounce it. I I've never heard of <laughs> the the Doobie brothers. <laughs> uh, Mike uh, Tannenbaum from ESPN had thoughts on uh, Rogers questioning the uh, young receivers. He
2: is not happy, and he's really smart, and he's really calculated, Greeny. So these conversations must have happened behind closed doors. He's not happy with the, re- the result, and therefore is now going public. And, Greeny, the other thing I would say is, hey, Aaron, be careful what you wish for. You didn't sign your contract till March. The collateral damage was Devontae Adams going to play with his college teammate, Derek Carr, in Vegas. If you had gotten your done deal done in late January, mid-February, you could have then recruited Devonte Adams to stay, and we wouldn't be talking about Romeo Dobbs or Christian Watson's mistakes in August. So, he is one of the reasons why there are going to be growing pains this year with this offense. Dobbs.
0: I don't, I don't know. know if that's accurate. I, I think Devontae Adams was gone regardless. I, I don't think it had anything at all. Now, maybe it had something to do with who is going to be my quarterback after Aaron Rodgers, but I've heard that you know Green Bay is not for everybody. No. It's not. No. And and that's kind of what I had heard about Devontae Adams. So, I mean, the idea that, oh, well, if you hadn't messed around, you could have had. I don't think that's necessarily yeah, I seemed, might be wrong. I, but.
1: I kind of take it the same way you did. It kind of seemed like he wanted to get there. Right. That his time in Green Bay was up. See ya. Yeah. I'm, I'm checking out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh-huh. The other big story that's happening this morning. Good <laughs> talking about big money uh, the Big Ten media rights agreement with Fox CBS and NBC that is set to bring in more than 7 billion dollars over the next 7 years 7
0: billion dollars good luck uh, Pac-12 competing with that that's This is, um, again, this, is, this does not bode well for parity in college football. There's going to be, it's going to be the Big Ten, the SEC, and everybody else is going to be on a completely different level because just the money shared by, by member institutions in those two conferences is going to dwarf what other schools and other conferences are able to make. It's going to, and, and as a result, it's going to, the, the discrepancy in NIL money is going to be insane. Well, I
1: mean, when you have this kind of media rights money coming into these colleges, can't you just scrap NIL? Hey, what do you mean? The players are what people
0: are watching. Right. Why
1: can't they get a cut of the the, the media rights? Oh, fees? right, right.
0: Well, oh, I see what you're saying. Why can't you just pay them? Yeah, yeah. That would be that would be a cleaner solution. But you know what? If it's that's, Andrew Brandt, let's get it other out. people to pay for it. Let's rally. Let's rally yes. local businessmen to pay to pay our players, so yeah. we don't have to. So ah. we're gonna have the coldest <laughs> uh,
1: Crawford doing <laughs> right. a local air conditioning commercial oh. in Lincoln, Nebraska. In Lincoln,
0: Nebraska,
1: the coldest Crawford. It, I mean uh, Andrew Brandt pointed it out this morning on Twitter these schools in the big Ten that's a billion dollars split what how many teams are in the big Ten now I know it's not 10 was it 14 16 it'll be 16, 16 with, yeah. yeah 16 but it's a billion dollars mm-hmm. and they don't uh, uh, what are they doing with that money? Are they lowering the cost of education for the other students? No. Are they paying the players that are actually generating the the revenue? It's a total scam for these universities. Of course it is. Of course it is. I'm
0: so mad at college athletics. I'm so mad at college, period. (laughs) <laughs> you got to pay tuition. Oh, yeah. You've got to help yeah. your kid move yeah. in. Yeah, seriously. Um, okay, when, when I take a look at this, I, I, I just saw a report from uh, Stuart Mandel who said the loss of USC from the Pac-12 is going to really take a bite out of their TV contract. No mm-hmm. matter what it is, not having that USC market. They said USC is worth about 30% of that deal. So you can just lop that right off. <sighs> Yeah, that's the I mean, that's by far the biggest brand in the Pac-12. By far, it's, and, it's, glo- it's one of the biggest brands in the country. Yeah, and it's. And if you saw yesterday, there's some rumblings here that sound like UCLA might not be out of the Pac-12.
1: Yeah, I think it was. <sighs> I'm not sure if it was Kanzano or Wilner. Yeah, it it was was Wilner. Like a 15% chance that they actually end up
0: staying after all is said and done. Yeah. And what Kanzano put out, this was unbelievable, that a lot of people complained that those late night Pac-12 games, the picture looked fuzzy. Did you see this story? I did. (laughs) And apparently the television trucks deployed just didn't have grade A technology. Yeah. I know, right? You're just shaking your head. I know. They had exactly
1: oral history of the Pac-12 networks on the athletic. Did you read that story? I did not. It was pretty fascinating. And I will say this: uh, the Pac-12 network, for as maligned as it is, and being the symbol of a commissioner absolutely swinging and missing on creating something, the quality of what they put out there, I always thought was good. The game broadcasts were decent. They had a good team of announcers, whether it was basketball, whatever sport I watched, it wasn't like they got amateurs doing Mm play-by-play. It was always good quality stuff.
0: And yet it's probably going to be dead in less than two years. But how could you in this day and age justify, how could you build anything if your product doesn't even look good on television? They
2: probably figured that if they put the game late enough, the people watching it by oh, the they're site. all drunk
0: anyway. <laughs> by, by, by the end of the they're game... They're all
2: be, hammered. It would start looking fuzzy anyway right. by the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> what would they know?
0: <laughs> it's true. Seven, bil- $7 to $8 billion yep. dollars. Mm-hmm. Oh for the member schools in the Big Ten. Wow. You think they're happy? ASU, pack your bags. <laughs> yeah. Make a call. Yeah. They, <laughs> unfortunately, you know what the answer would be. Keep walking. Yeah. The phone wouldn't get answered. No. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm
1: saying. Coming up next, we continue Give week for Phoenix Children's, presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and auction Indian community here on 987 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
4: The Give for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the Auction Indian community. D87 FM, Arizona Sports Station in the Arizona Sports app. Give a thon on the Bigley and Murata
1: Show. Day four of Give a Thon for Phoenix Children's presented by your Valley Hyundai Dealers and auction Indian community continues here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Man, still uh, still glowing from what we got last hour. The uh, check from Walgreens, $65,000. Uh, we started the day at over a million dollars on the tote board, Bick, for the yeah. kids and families at Phoenix Children's. We've got a goal in mind. We want to reach it. We need you to help reach it. So we're asking you to give what you can to help the kids and families. Become a champion of hope. $20 per month is what uh, we're asking for. When you do that, uh, not only are you helping out, a teddy bear will will be uh, delivered to a patient in your name and you receive a choice of a kids pass a wildlife world zoo or a cobblestone car wash. The phone number to do that 602-933-4567. That's how you become a champion of hope. Uh, the Desert Financial Phone Bank filled with volunteers right now waiting to take your call 602-933-4567. And I want to thank uh, some people who have uh, donated earlier today. Right, uh, Paul in Chandler, six hundred dollars. Thank you, Paul. Zachary in Peoria, five hundred bucks. Five hundred bucks from Brandon in Surprise. Chris in Scottsdale, five hundred dollars. And Joe in Queen Creek from the QC. Eight hundred dollars. Wow. Thank you to so so much to
0: everybody who's That's called great. to donate today. That's great. Love this momentum we have the last couple of days. It is time to rally around Phoenix Children's to rally around this 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 great facility. I saw some stats that blew my mind. You mentioned how many people were in uh, the emergency room and 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 NICU and PICU earlier before mm-hmm. seven a.m. Uh, last year alone, they had eighty nine thousand three hundred eighty five emergency visits. That's a lot. 51,000 urgent care visits. They had 24,486 surgical cases and check this out 1,991 patients from all 49 states outside of Arizona 40 patients outside this country. That is the, the the breadth of the work that they're doing at Phoenix Children's is mind-boggling.
1: Yeah, we always talk about it being right in our own backyard and the, the reassurance that brings you as a, as a parent or a family member but it's reassuring to people in other states, too, because of the world-class, top-notch care that Phoenix Children's provides. Yeah,
0: and they turn absolutely no one away. No child in need will be turned away from Phoenix Children's. That's a wonderful thing. So your donations, thank you to everybody who already has. Thank you to those who are about to. Uh, you're doing a great thing.
1: Yep. Uh, you can become a champion of hope. $20 per month. Call 602-933-4567. That's 602 602-933- 933 Three four five six seven, or you can text the word give to six twenty six twenty. Let's move that tote board again. Sarah's along with a uh, check presentation from our friends at Spinato's Pizzeria. All
2: right, sitting here with the Anthony Spinato of Spinato's, uh, our champion of hope sponsor this year. Anthony, thank you so much for sitting down and, and talking about PCH today.
1: Very excited to be here with you, Sarah.
2: You all have been involved at Spinato's for nearly a decade now, eight or nine years. Uh, why has it been important for Spinato's to continually give through the Giveathon? Well... Um, for one of our, our core pillars and, how we do
1: our community outreach, um, kids is a big part of that. You know, that's de- definitely one. And PCH, um, doesn't, I mean, th- who does a better job of loving and supporting kids, especially in those trials and things, um, been on, a lot of tours of the hospital learned a lot about strength by watching those kids you know so so i mean everybody loves children they're our future but you know we just really
2: love what pch does and it just ties in perfectly with our support for kids okay so now's the big drum roll moment i know you've got a, a big check to
4: present yeah
1: uh, Today we're given $5,000 to um, PCH and and, um, support, and um, we're just going to keep adding to that total, and hope we can continue to grow that every year.
2: That is tremendous. Thank you so much, Anthony of Spinato's. Anthony Spinato of Spinato's. Thank you.
1: My pleasure. Thank you again to Anthony Spinato, Spinato's Pizzeria. $5,000 on the board to help out the kids and the families at Phoenix Children's. And uh, maybe you've got kids and they've been patients for whatever reason at Phoenix Children's. Maybe you have kids and you haven't had to have your kids have care at Phoenix Children's. Give that back. Give that to the uh, kids. Well said. Get a teddy bear into the hands of a uh, patient at Phoenix Children's and, and don't sleep on the teddy bears. It doesn't sound like a lot, but for somebody like me... No, these Vic, kids are going to be sleeping on the
0: teddy bears. They, to the contrary. They will be,
1: but you <laughs> say, oh, what, what's a teddy bear going to do? It does so much. It does. You have no idea. Uh, and you have that opportunity when you become a champion of hope at 602-933-4567. That's where our uh, volunteers are waiting for you at the Desert Financial Phone Bank. 602 933 four five six seven it's time for another story of hope uh, presented by madame Holmes. phoenix children's is one of the leading children's hospitals in the nation for kids who are fighting rare disorders kids like henry henry was diagnosed at age four for an extremely rare blood uh, rare autoimmune disorder that can affect the blood and various organs and tissues this is henry's story
4: uh, well, Henry's in first grade. He is a independent kid, and he happens to have a rare blood disorder. He's actually got two rare blood disorders. Um, he has a genetic disorder that was discovered by TCH that's um, autoimmune. It can cause any type of autoimmune condition and and. We learned that obviously mom or dad could pass it down and immediately we knew it was probably me because I've been continuously sick most of my life and as you can see I'm getting infused right now. just anything. high risk from uh, a plethora of different kind of cancers to um, any type of autoimmune, you know, just, it can attack any part of his body. We were in full crisis mode when his second diagnosis, the autoimmune blood disorder happened. That was pretty terrifying. We were just hoping and praying that steroids would work, um, that it would turn his body around. So That was before he came to PCH. Yeah, and that was before PCH. So PCH has developed treatments and given him care that has improved his quality of life and prevented him from getting sick. We asked when that happened. He got that second diagnosis, that second hospitalization, and even follow-up visits um, with his last doctors uh, about additional testing, and they just said it was a fluke. Since he's been at PCH, he's not needed a transfusion, which has been a blessing, because now we know the last time they looked for blood for him, they couldn't find blood that he was compatible with. So it's incredibly scary to think that if he would need blood, what would happen? But with the care of Phoenix Children's and what they've done and what they figured out as far as his, you know, the underlying condition that kind of was adding fuel to his original blood disorder and then his new autoimmune blood disorder, um, we've been able to keep everything kind of subdued um, enough Uh, that he hasn't needed a blood transfusion in two and a half years now. Parents like us who were scared and afraid and confused as to what was going on, we now have answers and we now have treatment and take them to PCHA. I am confident that they'll be able to help and find an answer and give your kid what's needed. grew up for the first four years of his life not being able to do most things everything's an option now because of the treatment at PCH
1: Thanks for uh, sharing Henry's story. And you heard the the words from Henry's dad there. Answers and treatment. That's what they provide at Phoenix Children's. We tell stories like Henry's because that's the type of kids that you're helping out when you become a champion of hope and give to Phoenix Children's. $20 per month, a teddy bear will be donated in your name to a patient at Phoenix Children's. How do you do that? 602 933 4567. Our volunteers are in the Desert Financial Phone Bank. 602 933 4567. This music that you're hearing, Vic, means we're in a match nice. right now. So everything that you give right now gets matched thanks to Verco Decking Incorporated. Thanks to everybody at Verco Decking Incorporated. Make it count double. Make it make twice the impact when you become a champion of hope. Whatever you give gets doubled uh, thanks to Verco Decking Incorporated. And we've
2: had some questions online. If you if you donate online, if you donate via text, it is also doubled during this time. Absolutely. Not just if you call. Just uh, keep that in mind, too. But the phone number, keep this in mind as well.
1: 602-933-4567. That's 602-933-4567. We're over a million dollars already, but we got a lot of work to do before we wrap this up on Friday. And there goes that train, Teddy Bear Express, delivering teddy bears. To- to the patients at Phoenix Children's in your name, asking you to become a champion of hope this year for Phoenix Children's. 602-933-4567 as we continue give thon Week for Phoenix Children's presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and Ak-Chin Indian community.